Starting recording. And we're live. Welcome back to another episode of the Fan the Flames football podcast. Uh, we got a special guest here. I think more to my right, if I'm looking, depends on how this all turns out. Uh, Zach McLaurin. Uh, that's, am I saying your last name right? Oh, McLaren. McLaren. Ah, yeah, <laughs> McLaren, like the car, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. McLaren. All right, that makes that easier. Uh, so we have a guest. This this uh, pod, we're going to go through the Liberty Spring game. We're going to talk about the transfer portal. Just today, there was a big, big transfer portal news. And I think it was earlier this week or late last week, we had another huge signing as well. I'm, I'm very excited, but we've also lost a few um, after the spring game. And then we're going to talk about what's coming up this Thursday. This coming Thursday, which is Malik Willis and the draft. And I think that we could see maybe one or two other Liberty players possibly get drafted. I think at least one more, and uh, you could probably guess who that is. But uh, we just want I just want to start off with uh, Zach. Go ahead and tell us about yourself. I'm, I'm sure some people have already heard of you, but uh, go right ahead and tell about yourself. Yeah, man. Um, I came to Liberty in 2019 as a freshman. I'm graduating with my undergrad in sports management this year. Uh, I work for Sea Red. That's how most of the Flames – uh, community knows me. Uh, I do social media for them, mostly Instagram, but uh, I do like a lot of stuff with Twitter, Facebook, all that too. And then I write. Um, I'll write some articles. Uh, we're working on a football preview magazine right now, so keep y'all's eyes out for that. That'll probably come in June, I believe. So definitely going to want to get your hands on a copy of that. John does a really great job with that stuff. So that'll be fun. And yeah, I just big flames guy i can't wait for the football season to start so thanks for having me on yes for sure for sure and i'm hoping that we'll have you on a little bit more um as well and no offense to jerry and aj i'm hoping they have come on too i'm trying to get a whole bunch of different people uh but yeah i'm, I'm dude i'm happy to have you on and we're going to be able to talk about the spring game first, uh, which was yeah. really funny. Uh, funny story. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here at the the, the line, yard line. I got my mom. I mean, I, if you guys have listened to this podcast, I know I have some people back home in Buffalo who listen to this podcast. They're going to laugh at me because that same day it was snowing up in New York. But I was all bubbled up, bundled up. And I'm like, just like, yeah, it was type cold. in. Yeah, live tweet. And I'm like, and I'm like, I wonder if Zach's here. Uh, I know that we said we might meet up and. I, I look over, I'm like, is that him? Ah, nah, and I messaged him, like, dude, are you sitting right next to me? <laughs> and he was. Uh, and so it was perfect. But uh, so we got to meet, catch up, kind of talk ball while we were watching that, uh, which was really cool. Uh, and it was a fun, fun time. It was a great showing. I was, I was really happy to see uh, probably a few thousand people there. I, honestly, it looked like it, especially that left side was full um, on that uh, if you're facing the field as you walk into the student section, that whole left side was just packed. Yeah. So what was your opinions on the spring game? I mean, it was fun. It was kind of like, it's kind of like a preview of first taste of football before it actually kicks off. And there were a few players injured that we didn't get to see, but you know, it's always nice to get a taste. And there was a lot of sports going on that day. And like you said, it was good to mm -hmm. see the turnout because last year was covid so there weren't any fans allowed in attendance for the spring game it was like 100 i think so it was very small i went briefly last year um got in with a pass but 
Um, yeah, this year was great to see like what is normally the student section in general admission was just packed. It was cold, but it was worth it. Um, a lot of big plays, and we got to see some of the new transfers like Day Day Hunter, Mike Smith Jr., Caleb Sneed. They all made really big plays. Like, and then obviously the quarterback battle, which is a huge topic um, this offseason. Like, got to see Bennett, Salter, Hampton, um, all of them. So it was fun. And I don't think we got clarification on maybe position battles, especially the quarterback, but it's going to be tight. But still, it's great to see, especially in positions where guys are going to have to step up and replace, like linebacker. We had kind of talked before, like, I mean, we have to replace Story Jackson or Rashad Harding. Um, that's going to be tough. And But it, it was great, man. It was a fun time. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah, despite the cold and such, I mean, it, they seemed like they were having fun. It was good to good to see some of these, like, you know, the transfers, to kind of see them in the, their new, I mean, it's not their official uniforms, but see their numbers. And uh, it was funny because there's been some number changes on the team. And you're like, ah, I don't know if Fritz is out there right now. I'm like, yeah. Fritz number five. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I even kind of forgot that before I got into that game. I mean, well, not the game, but just, you know, I guess you call it a scrimmage. I was like, wait, oh, yeah, that's right. Frith is five. <laughs> not uh, his, uh, what was his number before? I can't even remember his number before now. Was it 81? Yeah, it was 81. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I, so, yeah, I, I didn't know he switched to five again. Got a DJ Stubbs number, I guess. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, um, it, it was really fun. And like you said, I mean, Brewer, he came out in the first team, the offense. And here's the thing. I saw some comments um, and and I mean, they're they're straight up facts or blunt facts. Uh, the offense didn't look great, um, but you're not going to expect it to look great. I don't even care if Malik was coming back. You're probably not going to see the offense be very good. Not because yeah. of but you you were missing TJ Green. You're missing Shedro. You're missing. Um, I mean, Cooper McCall, the right right tackle, which is going to be a battle between him and Reggie Young. And then you're missing your top three receivers, though, too. Yep. Um, I mean, you could throw Yarborough in there as a top three. I mean, why not? If not top four, either way. But we know Douglas and Daniels are going to be two of the top top targets this oh, year, and they were last year. Definitely. So not having them out there was, was a little – it was weird because um, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, that's right. They, they're they not out there. So, but I mean, it's good because you get some extra reps for Caleb Sneed, who's a new transfer, uh, like you said, or Noah Frith. And uh, I mean, even like a guy like Brody Brum or some of the even smaller, like smaller role guys in the sense of like Caleb Coleman. I mean, I don't know if I can't remember if he was out there or not, but I mean, JVM Lofton, I believe, is out there as well. I mean, and he's had some injury struggles, and I think he's got a he's got a really high ceiling too. So you're getting some reps to some guys who honestly need them. Uh, it's it's good for them. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think Yarbrough would have it would have been nice for him at least because he's been out of football for a year. But I mean, I have all the faith in the world that he's going to be all right because he's a he's an incredible athlete. So it was really cool with that. And I mean, the really the star of the day was Day Day Hunter. So that's really where I want to go so with this. A breakaway, that breakaway run was, that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, I think the, the, 
the three-headed monster, I guess you'd call it, with between Lewis, Green, and Hunter is going to be really special this year. Uh, not to discredit jo- Josh Mack or anything, but uh, I, Hunter's just got a burst that is different. Um, and we saw that. It was very evident. And I think this line's going to be improved as well. Uh, looking at the line, it was Watkins at left tackle and Jacob Bodden left guard, which I think there's going to be a challenge there. Like him, uh, Zach and I were discussing before we, we started recording, uh, Reddy, Cam Reddy, transfer from Colorado State coming up. I think he's going to be the best lineman on this team. He's so good. Uh, and then, of course, the return. Yeah, yep. Yep, exactly. He's been, you know, and then Slither and then Young. So what's your thoughts on uh, all of that? Well, I think, like you said, I think we're going to be improved. Unfortunately, we lost uh, a couple to the transfer portal, uh, Adair mm-hmm. and Bassam. But um, like you said, transfer portal gives and it takes away. We got Gadlin from Tulsa. I think he'll step in and play right away. If he doesn't start, he's definitely going to give us depth. Um, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, uh, Reddy, um, Bodden, and uh, Cooper McCall. Uh, those are all solid guys. Um, and honestly, I think I think we'll improve. Like, mm-hmm. in a lot, we didn't do well last year, especially in protecting the passer at times. But So the only way to go is up. I think our uh, new offensive line coach, he's bringing a lot of great energy. And I think I think we're going to improve. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it Like you said, it's tough to judge a lot of times in the spring game because – we still have a few scholarships available, so we can still bring in another guy that could start right away or at least bring depth and the roster changes. So, I mean, you, you can't really like judge it exactly now, but I don't know. I like I liked what I saw and I I, I expect a lot of improvement this year in the offensive line. We're going to need it, especially since we won't have a guy like Malik back there um, mm-hmm. that's super mobile and will evade a lot of tackles. Yeah. I, I think the only thing that's kind of come close to it is if Salter starts. You yeah, know, he'll be the only one that's really got that crazy. But I wouldn't underestimate, you know, of course, Ben and the Brewer, but no one's going to be Malik. You know, it's just truth. Um, I, I think I, as much as people don't want to believe in it, I think we will see another talent eventually come through Liberty like Malik. I don't know if it'll be the quarterback position. Um, I, I think it could be, um, I don't see why we couldn't, uh, but you know, I mean, we're pulling in transfers that are just insane. And if you bring in more and more guys like Salter and others just love, uh, brings up the competition, you know, you talk about Gadlin coming in from Tulsa, which we're looking, we were looking over him in 2019. He, you know, he had most of his starting assignments at right tackle. Um, yep. and then the 2020 he opted not to play, but I heard reports from, multiple different places that he played a lot of right guard as well um, this past year. He's a very versatile guy, which is key. Um, personally, at 6'4", he's he's around that tight to play a tackle. Um, but I could, I mean, I if we could put him at a left or right guard, have him compete against Bodden or Schlidler, I I'm a big fan of Schlidler. Uh, Schlidler's probably my favorite lineman. I just love how he's just been a stalwart on the line for all these years. Um, and he started essentially since he was a freshman. Seems like a very genuinely good dude, too. Um, 
And, you know, if if uh, you're listening, Brendan, I hope you come on the podcast one day. I'm a big fan of you. But uh, I think his number is 55, 55. So big fan of 55. So I, not, I really like where this offense is headed, but you're not going to see an offense out there that's especially as beat up as they were to be top form. But I did like with seeing Day Day, you just uh, the reason why Day Day broke loose is that line just looked improved. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, like, and we talked before, like I had been looking at some offensive line statistics and one that we ranked very well. in, I believe we were top 10 was a line. It was, I can't remember the exact title. It was, but it was basically like run it, run yardage that was four yards or less is considered the offensive line is largely responsible for that. So mm-hmm. we ranked pretty pretty well in that and a lot of the running categories we ranked decent or well in last year so I mean that's encouraging and and about day day and the running backs again I we've kind of been like able to reload every year you think about it because Freeze's first year we had Frankie Hickson he was our feature back he left Josh Mack kind of took over 2020 but we had Shedro right there and Peyton Pickett and all three really solid options and then now this year we still have Shedro, TJ Green, and Day Day, and I think mm-hmm. it's kind of a three-headed monster running back again. Except this time it's a whole lot of speed. Like Pickett yep. and Mack are like really like big body backs, and they'll pick up a lot of yards. But these guys are a lot of speed. So if the offensive line can create some holes, like we saw that one time in the spring game, I mean yeah. we're gonna pick up a lot of yak. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and here's another thing, but uh. Yeah, like yeah. just a lot of yards and runs. Uh, yeah, and broken tackles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, broken tackles. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is you know with uh another thing with this offensive line is you know they're gonna have to battle against one of the best defensive lines in the nation every yep. single day in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the perfect segue to this defense. This defensive line is it's. I mean, I will say not all of them showed like I wasn't kind of keyed in on all of them I was trying to just kind of pay, I was actually trying to pay more attention to the offense because I think we know what the defense is going to be however at the same time Darrell Johnson oh he's going to have a comeback year to remember I am putting it out there right now he was incredible he was out that I mean Again, I get it. This is a new offensive line, so it's probably not the best. Plus, it's spring game, so you don't really get to see the hits and stuff on the quarterbacks. And stuff. But he had three sacks easily in that spring game, and he just he looked high energy. He was hyping up the defense. Really love everything. And I I also listened to his press conference after, and he just it was, he just he's ready. Um, he's ready to prove people wrong. Because here's the thing, he only is back because of the COVID year. I yeah. don't think if he had even three-fourths of the year that he had in 2020, I think he would have went to the draft because I think he would have been drafted even if it was like a fifth round. Um, and that's what I would have put on him if he would have had somewhat of the same year as he did in 2020. That's what is kind of a grade I would have put on him. But, you know, I'll be honest, if he has another great year this year, he might get drafted higher. Um, and I'm not talking first or second round, maybe late third, fourth. So um, this is a big year for him. But, I mean, that whole defensive line is incredible. What do you have to say about our beast of a defensive line? <laughs> oh, I mean, the defensive line, it's like, where do you start? Because, 
like you said, I completely agree with you. I think Darrell Johnson's going to have a comeback here, and he's got to be motivated. I mean, after the COVID year, 2020, he had, I believe it was eight and a half sacks, and he led the team, and he had two interceptions too. I mean, he had a great year, and I remember there was an ESPN article that came out, and it was saying it was using the top 25 teams like most likely player to get drafted. It wasn't Malik. It was uh, Darrell Johnson. And mm-hmm. uh, they, and then, obviously, he didn't have the same stats this year. He still made an impact. And I know he struggled with injuries a, a little bit. But I think he's going to I think he's gonna go off. And then you have guys like, obviously, Treshawn Clark. I mean, ever since he came here day one at Liberty, he's been a beast and contributing in sacks and whatnot. And then you have um, Stephen Sings is a guy to look out for. Uh, we, I remember we flipped him from Tech a couple years ago. He can make an impact. Christian Zachary, um, he was a huge, big recruit, um, true freshman last year. So he could see an increased role. But, I mean, it's like pick your poison. I mean, a lot of our, our bench, they would start in any group of five. Like, yeah. I, I'm convinced of it. So, like you said, it's going to do our offensive line and offense wonders having to go up against them in practice because they'll be – prepared for virtually any team that yep. they face with that defensive line. So I'm excited yeah. to see what they can do this year. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it, it was, I mean, I mean, you think about Jay Hardy, Trey Butler, Chris Bodie, um, Kendi Charles, if we're just talking interior guys, uh, you know, uh, Henry Chabuzier. Um, yeah. I think that's, how, you know, it's just, it, it's, I mean, Marquise Brunson is another one. He's another guy who is formerly, I think, tech. He's from Virginia Beach, uh, 757 area. Yep. Um, he's just, you know, he's, man, it, it, it's a team that's going to be uh, very, very uh, fierce. And it's just, I, man, um, it gets me really excited when I think about just the defensive line. But uh, we're going to continue on to the linebackers. Again, we're having some hurts, some hurt. The the injury bugs coming through with the linebackers. Mod Walker's out. I think he's going to really star again this year. He was fantastic as a freshman. He didn't play like a freshman. He was, you know, he came out there and just, it was insane. Some of the things he was doing, I just, and even like when my, my dad and my grandpa, my, my, my uncle came down, my uncle was a great linebacker in high school. He was, you know, you know, he's, you know, don't don't get me wrong. You play college ball or anything, but I remember him saying something to me. He's like, he's like, who's that thirty four kid? He looks huge. I'm like, dude, he's like a f- true freshman. And my dad's like, what? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he's a true freshman. He's 18 years old and he's out here doing stuff like that. And granted, it was against UMass that we with the game we went to, but I mean, like, so- he's just he just plays different and having him and then adding a Q Washington was really good. And then Mike Smith getting the interception. Uh, he really read that uh, play like a book, which I'm sure he's seen it enough in practice where he could probably read it, but he really made an uh, athletic play on the ball. So, and uh, we were talking a bit about the linebackers. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Yeah. I mean, like we talked about earlier, it's, it's going to be near impossible to replace Story Jackson and uh, Rashad Harding. I mean, just the veteran presence and both transfers and the production. I mean, Story had over 100 tackles, and not only that, he led our team in sacks, too. 
And, I mean, he just – he was a flat-out beast. And then Rashad Harding, he really came on at the end of the year. Really, it started against Louisiana Monroe. He had a great game against his former team. And then he seemed like he was getting near or at double-digit tackles every week. But, I mean, we still got some guys, like you said, Ahmad Walker. I mean, that dude had a great true freshman year. And he's athletically in size. He's right there. Um, I think Casey Seegers, um, he plays at linebacker. We like we had talked about before you said he was at edge last year, but you don't need more guys in that defensive line. You wouldn't know. He's we flipped him from Texas A&M. He was a highly recruited guy. He's very athletic. Um, Jerome Jolly, another name out there. Uh, I think Micaiah Glaze could potentially maybe even step. Yep. Um, He does a lot of special teams, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we have depth there, but. I also wouldn't be surprised if we got another guy on the transfer portal if he becomes available and see right guy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be impossible, I think, like or near impossible to replace the production of Jackson and Harding. But uh, mm-hmm. I think we will do well. And the good thing is, is like a lot of these guys are young. And I think Mike Smith Jr. is going to be like key for us this year. And he had that, like you mentioned, an incredible one-handed interception. Um, on spring yeah. day, it was a big play, but uh, we'll see. And I, I'm excited to see how it pans out, specifically in that position on defense. I think our secondary is going to be really great again, and then obviously our defensive line is the strong suit. But linebacker will be that'll be interesting to see how that plays out this year. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm very interested as well with uh, you know just everything going on with this defensive uh, group is just. You know, it starts at the defensive line, obviously, like you said. I mean, it's, I mean, the trenches matter no matter what. Like, I think it's the most important part of the game. Uh, It's just, I mean, you got to win your one-on-ones, all that fun stuff. But, I mean, mean, the reason I'm right now pulling up the the roster here to just look at the linebackers. I mean, even like a guy like uh, uh, Carl Poole is someone who's young. He's a little undersized, but he's someone that, you know, he had a little bit of a little bit of a role last year. Uh, he's from he's another kind of local guy from Danville, uh, and I just think he's could he could uh, also be into that mix as well. I didn't want to exclude him or forget about him. Uh, yeah, and I, he had I, a good game against Western Carolina, if you remember, yep. uh, uh, 2020. Uh, I think he had what was it? A couple fumble recoveries and stuff and he mm-hmm. he played so he has potential he's shown that yep yep he's kind of i think he could be kind of a surprise as you could say i mean he's a redshirt sophomore he's young so he's got plenty of time and plenty of room to grow so i'm really excited about him as well i just uh yeah i think that's probably going to be the linebacker group between all those guys uh, ahmad walker keel washington which again guy is a guy that moved from edge uh yep. and then casey seager and then uh you know mike smith jr of, of course and uh carpool micah glaze jerome jolly and jerome jolly is a converted safety he was an athlete coming out of high school um, from what i could remember and he was originally projected as a safety um and then they just kind of moved him in the linebacker uh so i i could see him really having a role but uh moving on to the secondary i mean man this this is a very deep secondary 
Adding Colby Singleton, I think it's going to be huge out of Southern Utah. I think he projects a little bit more as, uh, you know, like a slot guy, a nickel, uh, just because I think Anthony and Meganson on the outside, I think, I believe Meganson's our boundary corner. I can't remember. Uh, so if you, uh, do you know the difference between boundary and field corner? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so funny thing is a lot of people go by a lot of like, uh, when it comes to corners, they always say like cornerback one, cornerback two. That That is some cases if you're having like a matchup. Let's say you're playing like, I don't know, you're a Dolphins fan with Tyree Tyre Kill. Of course, you're going to want your best guy against him. But there is in a lot of cases, there's a boundary corner, at least in college, where boundary is a, it's usually the corner closest to the sideline, depending on where the ball is marked on the hash. And then the guy got to, has, who has the field, like let's say you're on the right hash, the offense and the boundary corner is going to be on the left side because there's more field over here. And then the boundary corner is going to be more closely to the boundary out of bounds mark. Um, so I, I think, I think Meganson might be our boundary corner and then Anthony or field corner I might be wrong. Uh, but, uh, I know that we kind of have somewhat of a system of that. I mean, most college teams do. Uh, so that's something I learned when I actually, you know, when, uh, back in the day that my days in undergrad, uh, and I had no clue about that. I was like, what the flip? And then just the other day, I was just hearing someone talk about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but, yeah, having those two guys. And then, of course, she, the nickel corner is, I, th- I think, could be Singleton. It could be maybe of a Marion Williams, um, who's, you know, uh, Salter's old teammate out of Texas. And then mm-hmm. there's there's some depth in the corner room. It really is. Oh, definitely. Amarion Williams had a nice pass breakup uh, in the spring game against Bennett, and it wasn't a bad throw at all. Bennett threw right it on the money. He just came in and kind of got his hand in there, broke it up. and uh, Was that against Snead? I can't remember who that was against. I can't remember either. I, I don't know if I got the number there. Yeah, uh, but I remember but, the breakup, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, like Rocket Rahimi, and well, there's safety, but and then Javon yeah. Scruggs, obviously. I, I think we got some depth there, too. So I think the secondary is going to be legit. I think, yeah. obviously, our defensive line, as we've said, is the queen jewel. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, defensive line is obviously the thing. But, I mean, the secondary is underrated. I think Scruggs has a chance to be drafted. That's just, you know, yeah. he's a guy that – the to look out for as well him and Darrell I think are going to be two guys that are going to be looking to get drafted next year um I think Clark will probably use his, his last year I don't know if he'll I just don't you know I think he's a very good player but unfortunately with Liberty you don't you're not going to see a yeah. lot of early I mean early entries I guess you could call them you know like with like Malik's situation so I mean it, I don't know but it, I mean Javon Scruggs and then uh, you talk about Rahimi, but I mean, Quentin Reese coming back is going to be huge too. Um, he was absent most of last year, and he's someone who, you know, is just someone who's going to be able to be a ball hawk and be out there and dominate. Uh, one of the guys that I think I was really impressed by, I can't remember who it was. He was tack. I think he was a safety. I can't remember who. I I, I tweeted about it, so I had to. I'm going to have to pull that up. But I know that right now also, I mean, speaking of younger guys, Dexter Ricks was out there. He's one of the uh, 
one of the in, incoming recruits, freshman, true freshman. So he was already an early enrollee. Uh, he's one of the guys I think that could really make a difference out there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it just it's a very deep group. Uh, Jaden Sweeney's another one. I just can't remember who made that hit. There's someone that laid the boom on like I think it was Braden Monday or something like that. And I was like, that's a safety. Um, I'll have to come up. Anyways, you could talk about the safeties. I'm going to look this up real quick. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you, man. I mean, the, our safety group is really deep. And was it uh, Sweeney? Mm-hmm. Jalen Jimerson. Jimerson, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the transfer from, I think, Incarnate Word was, I think it was. Where yeah, from. that's right. Yep, I just, I just pulled it up because I just switched switch and then he 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 had a nice tackle. I'm I'm Braden Monday six seven, yeah. um, you know this is a big tight end group. So, <laughs> oh, and of course Juwan Treadwell can't forget about him. He's he's yeah. uh, uh, that's the problem is I. I, I haven't thought about football for probably three weeks now, and now I now today I am, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot how deep this yeah. team is. <laughs> yeah. so especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, and I think, I, like you said, and one thing that a lot of people, even me, like I'm just kind of realizing is like, once we hired Hugh Freeze, it's like, all right, our offense is going to be electric, but uh, our defense has gotten me it seems better every year i think statistically we were probably better in 2020 a little bit but we also played much better competition this past year and we were right at the same level and i think i keep going back to that defensive line but i think the trenches are huge in this because we we only got nine turnovers as a team last year like we were not we did not rank high in turnovers but at the same time we ranked i believe six in passing defense which speaks to the secondary and we're losing uh uh man got the pick six again in the bowl game scholar thomas we're losing scholar thomas and um but like we still retain a lot of guys and i agree with you i think scruggs can be a pro and he's just a leader on the team you can't replace that aspect of it and i'm excited to see what this defense can do and they're gonna they're gonna keep us in games against the big boys because we we got a tough schedule this year, so we're going to need it. Yeah, I'll, I'm I'm really excited about the schedule. Um, and I, you know me, we've had this discussion. I'm not much of a schedule guy, but I'm I'm happy when we do have a good schedule. It's just at the same time, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult. Um, yeah. So I mean, but I think we have a team that can at least uh, keep everything competitive. Uh, and I think we're going to be more competitive in some of the games than we were this past year, just because we've added more depth, players are developing. And at the end of the day, love Malik to death, but I mean, there's some things that Malik just couldn't do in the sense of, and it's not his fault, it's just the supporting cast around him was either so young, yeah. just inex- like just inexperienced. So, and... He, he, there's times where he had to do too much. And I, I'm hoping that this year with the development of a lot of the other players around the team, that he, like, whoever it's going to be, Brewer, Bennett, um, Salter. I'm, I mean, I'm a big Nate Hampton guy here, but, you know, um, even him, you know, if he gets thrown into the fire, 
whoever it may be, they're going to have a lot of support around them. And this receiver room is going to be deeper than they were last year. Yeah, we lost Stubbs and Shaw, but we're we're gaining a Yarborough and a Sneed. So it's going to be a team that's going to be special. Um, I think regardless of the record, just because you got to kind of look at it. Hey, who are we playing against? Uh, you can't just say, oh, wow, geez, we didn't go 10 and one again. We also didn't play three ranked teams. <laughs> so, no, and I agree, especially on offense. Also, you have to think whoever gets that quarterback job, like one, we, I don't think fans are going to expect the same things that we saw from Malik, but also you're going to get a lot more coaching support and kind of tweak the playbook to help them out because you could rely on Malik. Like he'd do a lot of things a lot of guys couldn't do and coaching staff trust him coming into this year. And like you said, that receiver room, I think that's very underrated. And Caleb Sneed, um, I think he's bound for a really good year. Um, we saw the touchdown in the spring game, but also we saw saw him live this past year when he faced Liberty game one as the Campbell Campbell. And I think he could be challenged to Mario. I don't think he'll he will be our wide receiver one. I think the Mario will take that, but I think he's going to be up there and close, yeah. and he's going to be more of a deep ball threat, um, especially maybe in red zone situations. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It, it, I'm excited. And I also, like, for the quarterback battle, just to speak on that quickly, I'm confident in whoever goes out there. I think it's kind of a blessing and a curse because when you have a lot of guys that can perform the starting job, it's – uh, it's made tough to make that decision and have one guy, but at the same time, there's three, four guys I think that could do a great job and win us some games this year. Yeah. So here's here's my thoughts. I've been thinking about this. This is the one kind of the one thing because at work, um, we, there's some Liberty fans, I guess you say, or they have some people that kind of know, you know, kind of. I guess. You yeah. Say. But they're they're kind of like, what do you think, Ben? And I was like, well, I mean, it's I. I, I like Brewer. I wouldn't mind Brewer. It'd be really cool to see him at quarterback just because, you know, at one point I did kind of cheer for Baylor during kind of the years of Penn State when they were down. And I kind of followed him regardless, even with like through the, the Art Bryles area era to yeah. to even to the Matt Rule area. And I mean, even right now, if I was to cheer for anybody in the Big 12, I'd be like, cool, Baylor, if Baylor wins, cool. Um, but I really, really want to see JB just because of what he means to the school and just how he's just been, he's just been a great leader. And I really do want to see him, but I just have a feeling it's going to be Salter. I just really do. After watching the spring game, even though there wasn't much separation, I just, there's just like, part of me is like, I don't know. And, you know, of course my dream would be Hampton as a Hampton, big Hampton fan, but you know, I like, and I, I would never not mention that, but, uh, you know, Nobody's Salter, I just think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, I mean, it's just, I, I just have a weird feeling that Salter's going to take, a, take, take this job and run with it. Um, and that's just where I'm leaning. I, I want JB just because I think he would be such a great story. It would just be awesome. And I, and I, I, I absolutely love the guy. I don't know him personally, but I just everything that I hear is just phenomenal. But again, Brewer would be cool. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's you know, like you said, it's a blessing and a curse, and it's kind of, 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's not wide receiver position. It's not running back position. Personally, I keep on hearing this quarterback, two quarterback situation, two quarterback uh, like like scenario and such. And I, I can't stand the two quarterback system. I am not for it. I've never been for it. As a Dolphin fan, <laughs> even that they experimented in these past few years, you know, with that, like, yeah, I, I just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I. I completely agree. I, I'm not for the two quarterback thing. Like now, I think it's different if you like make the decision after a game or so, a couple games where like we're going with a new starter and they stick with it. But I, I'm with you. I don't really like the taking one guy and one guy out because one, there's, it's almost impossible to have leadership at that position, which I think is very important for a quarterback because the guys are going to be like, well, there's no like true like qb1 like leader we can follow you know what i'm saying and like yeah. also just it's just inconsistency because at least on our roster like these different quarterbacks have different strengths like jb i mean i'm with you i mean it's hard not to love jb like he's just like such a great guy and hard worker and i mean he's i mean if he gets this job it'll be very well deserved for the amount of time and effort he's put in this program and been the backup for the three years he's been here um but when he got his opportunities last year he did well I mean the bowl game Campbell North Texas especially where he came in and threw a touchdown kept us in the game before Malik came back from injury he threw some beautiful balls I mean that touchdown pass he threw um against UAB um that was that was dying I mean that's that might have been a top five touchdown pass all year and oh yeah he, so he's got potential. He's not as mobile as the rest of the quarterbacks, which may hurt him for RPO offense um, in that sense. But at the same time, he knows our RPO better than anyone. Um, yep. And then I, I kind of, I'm kind of with you. The more I hear and the more I see, the more I'm thinking, man, Caden Salter might get that job. Like, mm-hmm. and also just because I get the feeling that once the light shine and the game starts, like. He's just a different animal, you know, like oh, yeah. he, he's going to play. And because he has athleticism, he'll have that escapability. He's got a cannon of an arm. I've heard from a couple people that work and play on the football team that he's got a stronger arm than Malik, which, I mean, that's impressive. And obviously yeah. accuracy is key, but like he's got the traits to be a really good quarterback, which is why he was such a highly rated recruit. And um I mean, yeah, he, he could be a game changer, of course, if he gets the job. But like I said before, I mean, no, no matter who gets the starting nod, and I know I have confidence that Coach Freeze is going to make the right decision, um, we should be able to win a lot of games and be a eligible team again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, I guess my last little tidbit on this, and then we're going to move on a little bit to the transfer portal just briefly, um, and then we'll talk about the draft. And Malik, um, yeah, I mean, I, I will say this with Bennett. He looked the most comfortable out there by far. He just did. Um, one of the most important things I always talk about with pre-snap, pre-snap is one of the most important things with, of being a quarterback. But I also believe that your your pocket, you, you don't have to be in crazy athletic. You just have to know how to move the pocket and work the pocket. Some quarterbacks, they get so skittish that they don't know how to do it. They'll They'll, they'll like 
go look like look and then they'll like step back and there's some times where you know Malik he could get away with it because of his arm strength yeah. but if you can be comfortable in the pocket and that's what is, was one of my biggest critiques of Malik by the way was he's got to learn how to move the pocket step up because when he does good things happen and I mean, to be honest, there's a reason why Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He's learned how to work the pre-snap, diagnose the defense, and whatever time he has from the snap uh, from the from the end of the play clock to the time he breaks that huddle. And he also knows how to move the pocket. That's why he's in. There's times where he's you're like, how does he not get sacked? The offensive line is a bunch of guys who you've probably never heard of, but he calls out, you know, they're just good enough and strong, and they trust Brady to call out the call out the pass uh, protection, and then he can step in and find the lanes to throw. That's why Brady's so freaking good, and that's why he's been able to play until he, he's probably going to be able to play until he's seventy. Like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous because uh, that's how good he is. That's oh, that's he, he's not an athlete at all, but he could just and. I'm not saying Bennett's close to that, but that's one of the things with Bennett that I noticed he can move. He didn't get skittish as much. And when he did see some pressure, he just kind of rolled out and he either threw it away or kind of find a spot. But, uh, you know, that's kind of my thing with quarterbacks um, is that. Um, yeah. So you have anything else you would like to add? No, I like you said, Bennett, he does look very comfortable in the pocket. Like you said, if we can get some protection this year, like mm-hmm. I have no doubt he'll be able to throw some balls and some strikes. And yeah, I, you're you're right about Brady. But as a Bills and Dolphins fans, we we don't want to give Brady too much love on here. But yeah. <laughs> it, it's yep. hard not to appreciate his greatness at the same time. And I think yep. that was a good comparison. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. It, sorry. I, I just had a friend who was trying to call me <laughs> and I was like recording a podcast. <laughs> so um, he gets it. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. We don't want as Bills and Dolphins fans to not uh, give too much credit to Brady. Um, yeah. So moving on, let's talk about the transfer reporter. We talked a little bit about Gadlin. Gadlin's coming in from Tulsa. He's a big get. Um, we're losing a dare to JMU. I haven't heard anything on Gage Bassum where he's going and Aaron Lovins just he's one of the linebackers. He was kind of a special teams guy. He just he also submitted uh, uh, put himself in the transfer portal. Don't know where he's going either. So that's really uh, a lot of the wrap ups on that. Uh, you have anything you'd like to say about Gadlin before we move on to the big news of the day? <laughs> no, I mean. We talked a little about him earlier, but Gadlin, especially after losing Bassam and Adair, I mean, that was huge. I, I think all Flames Nation kind of created the sigh of relief that we got a big guy in the transfer portal just because we needed to replace the depth. And not just a, a transfer, but a guy with experience in Tulsa. They're not like a football powerhouse by any means, but they're a very respectable program in mm-hmm. the AAC. And I mean, he played in all 12 games of 2019 and last year. So, he has a lot of experience, and he's got a couple years left, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And that's really all I have to say on it, but I think he could be a really solid anchor for us. Yeah, I agree. And hey, here's one fun thing is when Hugh Freeze tweeted that, I was like, huh, okay. I was like, I wonder if it's Gadlin. And then I looked into the transfer portal, and I was like, ah, well, let's, I was kind of like seeing, oh, who, who, who's in? Let's see. And then I was like, well, Gadlin hasn't committed, but his crystal ball was actually the Vanderbilt. 
<laughs> and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then literally, like, after I saw that, I went on Twitter and I saw the announcement. I was like, oh, okay. Well, he's not going to Vanderbilt. He's coming here. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, oh. yep, exactly. So, uh, which, <sighs> no hate towards 247. I love 247, but can y'all just step it up with some of these uh, smaller schools? They love the power fives and update, but when we get a commitment, it takes two weeks to get into the system and they even get tagged too. I know you're dealing with thousands of players, but we're still, we're still a FBS team. Like, yeah. come on, help us out here. So, yeah. So I want to move on to the next last move thing news and oh man i'm so glad that because i saw Hugh freeze tweet it and then i saw it get put in a chat and i was like whoa are you serious <laughs> and i was just i saw some different fans like just going crazy about it and i was actually making a joke to my roommate and some other people and my roommate's not a huge football guy but i was like dude i'm recording the podcast tonight and i there's huge news and i hope we get it i hope we get it before the pod and we did and it's Maurice Freeman, safety out of Indiana. Uh, he's He only played with them for a year and redshirted. So he's a redshirt freshman coming in. And he's originally from Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, I mean, he was on the borderline of being a four-star safety. And, man, uh, I'm excited. Like he And he, he actually, fun thing about him is, I think you might have mentioned earlier, he was kind of like a hybrid linebacker safety in high school. So, um I want to watch some more tape on him and Gadlin before I actually do kind of like an evaluation on him. But I am stoked to have a guy like that. I just didn't have enough time between, I think he now is like at 5.30 and then we got out at 8. So, yeah. No, Maurice Freeman, that was, that was huge news. Uh, like like you said, uh, Indiana, Power 5 guy, and he had – Tons of Power 5 offers, Louisville, Michigan, Ole Miss, Pittsburgh, Tech. I mean, everybody wanted a piece of this guy, 757 guy. That's a recruiting hotbed. Um, he only played three games, didn't record any stats last year, but a true freshman, and I'm really glad he decided to transfer uh, to Liberty, and I think he can make a pretty big impact. The first, and like you said, um, I saw that too. He was kind of a safety linebacker hybrid, so – I mean, potentially, I, I don't know too much about him. Like, we just found out about him a couple hours ago, but maybe he could give us some depth at linebacker, at least for this year, because I think we're a lot more set at the safety position than we are uh, linebacker. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Uh, it, either way, I mean, it's it's a huge player to have, and the best part about it all is he has four years of eligibility left. So yep. he could be on the mound for a very long time, and – that was, that was huge news today. Yeah, I, I personally think he's going to replace Javon Scruggs. And that, like, well, yeah. I think they call it, like, the rover position. Uh, yeah. I think that's who the, that's – because that Javon Scruggs is already in our system, is already kind of like a linebacker safety. He plays more of a downhill safety. Um, I think he could be that guy. He's He's got the – he's a little bit bigger, I think, than Javon. Mm. And yeah. it just oh, – it, it is – I was I was so hyped as soon as I saw that I was like, are you serious? And like my parents, they called me or whatever. And my my parents are big football people. Um, they're gonna be list watching and listening to this eventually. Um, and so they'll enjoy the shout out. But I was just like so excited. I'm like, we got it from Indiana. I was like, are you serious? Like this is crazy. And 
you know, he also got offered, I don't know if you mentioned Ole Miss, Ole Miss also. Yeah, yeah I couldn't remember if you heard or if you got cut out, but it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a huge move, and I think we probably could, because Aaron Lovins left, like I said, so there was three lost scholarships. I think Lovins, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he has a scholarship. So now we're looking at, you know, at least one more guy to replace these three that left. Are we looking at maybe another lineman? I'm not going to speculate too much, but I'm sure they're doing their due diligence as we speak um, and looking in the portal. Getting a Gadlin's huge and get Freeman is, I mean, it's huge. Like, it's just, I just, I can't believe when I first came into Liberty, I remember, you know, in 2019, and I, like I said, I've mentioned before, I've followed the team for, uh, you know, previous years before that. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, if you would have told me sitting in here today that we would have a guy the same week that we, we have a guy that we're getting ready to get drafted in the first round, we would be grabbing all these big time players and like have a roster that's going to be able to at least very, be very competitive against ranked teams. I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, man, whatever you say. Oh, dude, I, I completely agree. I mean, the whole Malik thing is just so surreal. Like, he could be a top 10 pick and maybe even be starting on Sundays next year. That's crazy. And then, like you said, I mean, just the success we've had. Um, I think last year some fans were disappointed, but with a 7-5 record and, like, and we, and we did have high expectations, and I think they were valid. But, I mean, we're the only the second program ever – to win three bowl games in our first three years eligible. We've beat, we've competed and beaten power five teams, played right up there with ranked teams like Ole Miss last year. And like you said, I mean, and this year we're going to do the same thing, even without Malik. And I think we're, we're building a program that's going to last and we have the resources, facilities to do that. And that's going to get guys like Freeman, like the big time transfers from power five schools that were, pretty highly rated out of high school so and I mean even like right when Freeze got here his first year his first recruiting class he got Tavion Land and he ended up transferring but he was a four-star first four-star in uh our school's history that we got so I mean we're gonna get guys like that and we're gonna be able to compete yeah yeah I agree uh you know we talk about Malik let's we're gonna wrap up here with Malik I want to talk about real briefly Story Jackson Kevin Shaw Josh Mack and Skyler Thompson. I mean, Thompson Thomas, excuse me, DJ Stubbs. Just some some guys that I could see really get some opportunities. And we're just going to go on to Malik, and you're going to you're going to have kind of your your segment, I guess you could say. Because I've already said my piece on Malik. If anything, I'll add to maybe speculation of where he'll land. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm. I think Story Jackson should get drafted Friday. I mean, I mean, not for, even Friday. Saturday, at least. Um, If he doesn't get drafted on Saturday, all these NFL teams, I guess, don't want a guy that could even make a difference on special teams. Like, I'm calling out the entire league if you don't draft Story Jackson. Like, ridiculous. (laughs) This guy, I get it. He comes from, he came from an FCS, HBCU, Prairie View, who's not, you know, they've had some quality teams throughout the years, but, you know, I get it. He wasn't. You know, but he was making noise in the FCS, and he he played phenomenal this past year for us. And it, I mean, 
if he doesn't get an opportunity to get drafted, he's going to get an opportunity in the NFL. But if he doesn't get drafted, it, it would be a shame. And I think Skylar Thomas, if he doesn't get drafted, I would be a little bit less like, oh, geez. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, man, he's a speedster who played wonderfully for a Pac-12 Power 5 school, Washington State, who was really relevant. Um for quite a while, you know, they had Gardner Minshew, and uh, I, I believe he played on that defense that year that they were ranked. So I, I don't know. I, I just I wouldn't get it if he doesn't get an opportunity either. And then, of course, Kevin Shaw, DJ Stubbs, and Josh Mack, I think, all have it. I, I hope Tristan Schultz gives us an opportunity. He seems like a great guy. Um, he seems like he's improved massively throughout the years. Um, I think he'll get some type of invite. Um, it's some type of mini camp or something like that, rookie mini camp. So, um, what do you, what are your thoughts on those guys? Also, one last thing, I want to shout out Story Jackson. Him and now Demaria Douglas both have sick edits HD, which is huge, huge YouTube highlight channel. And Story Jackson's went up yesterday or the day before or something like that, and I think it already has forty thousand views. So that's huge. <laughs> so. No, I completely agree. It'd be a darn shame if uh, Story Jackson did not get drafted, especially if, I mean, if you got to pick sixth, seventh round and you're, you need a guy in his position, why not? I mean, even at both Liberty and Prairie View A&M, the dude was a tackling machine. He has insane speed. He's made some extremely athletic plays. If you look at his highlights and, um, he also led our team in sacks last year. So I, I with our return sack leader, um, Darrell Johnson on the team as well, I think I think Story Jackson is just a beast. And I think if he doesn't get drafted, whoever signs him as an undrafted free agent is gonna get a guy that's gonna make the final cut roster cut and potentially even make some play some significant minutes and snaps next year. I, I truly believe that. And uh, another guy, I think we had talked about this before the podcast, Kevin Shaw. I think he I don't think he'll get drafted, but I think he could get a camp invite and maybe make some noise just because of his speed. And then also like all these um, NFL scouts watching Malik's film, a lot of Kevin, they're going to see a lot of Kevin Shaw, too. He he was on the receiving end of a lot of Malik's throws and deep threats like a lot in 2020 against Western Carolina, a couple of great ones that Virginia Tech throw that I think that's Malik's best play while he was at Liberty personally. I agree. Um, incredible throw. And just some extra exposure from that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, even Josh Mack, I mean, I think he could get a camp invite as well. He He's put up some really great numbers. I mean, he led all, like, in total yardage, all FCS, FPS running backs last year. So, like, career run, rushing yardage so he he's an experienced guy that had a pretty good college career so I'd, I'd give him a camp invite too so I, I think a lot of these guys will get a shot um which we're starting to see a trend in Liberty football I mean a few years ago like be lucky to get one guy an undrafted free agent deal now yeah. we're getting guys drafted like AGG Malik who's going to be a probably I think a top 10 pick and then you're getting multiple guys getting like lower draft in looks and undrafted free agent deals, which is awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I really think 
you know, my grades actually on Story Jackson, Story Jackson grades out to me as a fifth rounder, um, straight up, like fifth rounder, um, maybe even maybe even in some situations you could even grade him as a fourth if you if he's he depending on the system fit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I would give him a fifth round, and I give Skyler Thomas a sixth or seventh. I really do. Um, and I, I mean. That play he made against Eastern Michigan is going to go down yeah. in Liberty history. I get that we played Eastern Michigan, and it wasn't the greatest bowl game of all time. But oh. it, when you talk about comparatively, I think in the long run, we're going to play in a lot bigger bowl games. But that play uh, is one of the biggest, like one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen in any football game. Uh, to take to come right off the snap, tip the ball in air, one grab it, and then go take it for the touchdown. It, yeah. it was ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited uh, to see where these guys land. And I, I mean, I'm going to give you 10 minutes right here. What's your, what's you, what do you think about, uh, Malik? Man, I, I'm excited. Uh, like we talked about earlier, I, I'm a Dolphins fan. My team doesn't even have a first round pick, but I'm still way more excited for this draft than I probably ever have been. Um, this Same. a couple weeks ago, a month ago, I probably would have said the Panthers would draft Malik. I think Matt Rule's on the hot seat. He needs a, a guy that can kind of get excitement. And the NFC is going to be wide open for the seven playoff spots because I think most of the talent's in the AFC. So I think he could compete there. But now, I I don't know. I think a lot of teams are going to want him. I think the Steelers are the best fit, and that's where I hope he ends up landing. I mean, you've got a great coach and culture. Mike Tomlin, he's never had a losing season as a head coach. That defense is really solid. Um, Najee Harris will have a run game to lean on. The offensive line is probably going to be the best in Pittsburgh out of the other remaining options that he'd probably be drafted on. Um, yeah, Seattle yeah, wouldn't I could a, agree. Yeah. yeah, Seattle wouldn't be a terrible fit, um, but I, I don't I don't see that happening. Um, Atlanta would be kind of cool just because he's from there, so it would be like kind of a hometown hero situation. But I think a wild card in this that – is kind of going to decide where he lands is the Detroit Lions because yep. they have that number two pick. And if Pittsburgh really wants them, they might have to trade up to number two or Detroit's going to try to get him to do that at least because Detroit has another first round pick at the end of the draft. And Detroit may take Malik. I'm not sure if they will at number two. That's pretty high. But if they really like him, and I've seen reports where it looks like they could or and it may be smoke just to try to get guys to trade up. But um, I think they're a wild card in this draft to either take Malik at number two or be hearing offers from guys like Pittsburgh, Atlanta, who may want to trade up to get them. And then the Giants and Jets both have two first-round picks in top ten, so they could either – they can maybe would trade with a team like Pittsburgh. But I think mm -hmm. Pittsburgh and Carolina, he's going to end up in one of those two places – uh, they do have the best um, betting odds, I think, for to land Malik, and I would agree with that. I think, and I think those are great fits. Um, and I think a lot of Liberty fans would like Carolina just for the sole reason that it'd be a pretty easier, a lot easier to watch them down there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm excited, but yeah, I really hope he lands in Pittsburgh because I think he could be. He could take that team to the playoffs. I mean, if 
Ben Roethlisberger, no respect to him. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. He had a really great career, but last year he he was kind of just out there. Um, oh yeah. I think Malik could elevate that team, and obviously he's not going to be like perfect his first year, but he's going to do a lot of things that Big Ben couldn't do, and I think he could go to the playoffs even in a loaded AFC. Um, yeah. In Pittsburgh right right from the get-go and he'd be set up to succeed whereas if he went to detroit and atlanta i may worry like how his career would turn out just because of the culture and team around him yeah i my uh, my whole thing on it i don't like pittsburgh because i don't want him laying in the afc not because i just think this this is just straight up truth i mean you got josh allen mahomes you got um i mean just in the AFC East, you got a bunch of young quarterbacks. I'm, and we don't know where Tua is going to go. We don't know where Mac's going to go yet. But we know that Josh Allen runs AFC East right now when it comes to just yeah. – he's just he just does. And then Mahomes and Herbert and Russell Wilson and Derek Carr are all out in the West. Like, and the West is disgusting. Like, they're probably going to take – they could have a chance to take all the wild cards next year. And that's why I'm kind of like – Lamar Jackson – uh then you got uh, Joe Watson now in Cleveland, and so, Joe Burrow. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous. Um, the South is the only place, but I mean, even with the South, they have Matt Ryan <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence. Is we don't know where he's going to go. I mean, I I I actually give. I think Trevor Lawrence deserves four years to prove that he's it because this year is it. I. I write it off because i don't know if you saw the athletic article with urban meyer that culture was disgusting um so and it doesn't surprise me uh urban meyer he just wasn't a pro coach and i i don't really think care for him as a college coach i respect him as a his his legend and his icon but you know and then i mean titans man i know Tannehill isn't crazy good but and Shout out to you, Brandon Pyle. Championship a couple years ago, so you you Mm -hmm. can win with them. Um, Yeah, I mean they have Derrick Henry, so he has that run game to rely on. But that and I agree with you. I mean the AFC is tough, and I don't I don't want to like face Malik more than I have to because I don't want to cheer against him. But I just want personally, I'd like to see him there just because I think that's going to give him his best chance to succeed. And I like Mike Tomlin seems to really like him and. Yeah. Pittsburgh and I I'd say if I had to I, I said Carolina a, a month ago, but I, I'd probably say my final like team before the draft would be Pittsburgh. I think they're gonna make a move and try to trade up for him. because uh, I think they probably want him the most. But he could end up like a couple of teams like Carolina, uh the Lions, Detroit, uh Atlanta, even like Washington. I mean I was they, just about to say yeah, that. <laughs> they signed or, or New York, the Giants, not the Jets, but the mm-hmm. Giants. Like, I don't know if they're super sold on Daniel Jones. Like, I know I wouldn't be. I, I don't even think they should have drafted him in the first place. But yeah. and he's done he's done better than I thought he would, but getting off on a tangent here, but yeah. Just like I mean, there's so many teams in that top half of the draft that could take the league. And if Pittsburgh really wants him, they're gonna have to go up and get him for sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. My biggest thing isn't just also AFC. I think also this offensive line for the Steelers, they might be the best out of what's available. But I think actually the best offensive line out of this whole thing is the Detroit Lions. 
Detroit Lions have Penny Sewell. They have a they have a whole line that's been together now for three two three years, and I think the Lions have the best line. They also have a DeAndre Swift out there, and their wide receivers might be the best out of all of them outside of maybe Seattle. That wide receiver crew up in Detroit is very young and very very underrated. Uh, the St. Brown kid from USC, he's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he had um, a great. Yeah. So, and here's the thing: this year's wide receiver draft is ridiculously good. Why wouldn't you just go and grab another wide receiver if you got two picks with the tr- Detroit? Draft Malik second overall, and then they have another later one, and go get a Jahan Dotson or Traylon Burks. Then you have T.J. Hawkinson, which T.J. Hawkinson and Pat Fryermuth, I think, with Pat Fryermuth being the Steelers, I think they're very similar. I'm a big Pat Fryermuth fan. I actually like a lot of the players on the Steelers. Just to let you know, I love a lot of the players on the Steelers. I actually grew to love Big Ben. I just, I'm not a huge fan of the Steelers fans, but still at the same time, I will have an unbiased where, yeah, I get it, but I just don't. I don't get where I get where it's a fit with the franchise being so successful. I just don't get where it's the AFC and I'm someone who wants parity. And right now in the NFL on the NFC side, I see Kyler Murray, which we don't, who knows what he's doing. Uh, I keep on hearing different things and I see uh, what's uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. They're the three young quarterbacks in the NFC right now. Really? Yeah. I mean, no, the NFC is wide open. Like all the talent in my opinion is in the AFC, especially at quarterbacks. Like you said, there's a couple, like, obviously you have Matt Stafford, Rodgers, like, Murray. Like, you have good NFC quarterbacks. But, I mean, Malik could go to a lot of NFC teams and probably get a top seven seed to make the playoffs, too. So, um, yeah. in Detroit, you know, they, they do have some good young players. Uh, for some reason, they just don't seem to ever win. I know. So. I know. But I know. how cool would that be? I mean, if Malik goes there and eventually takes him to the playoffs and has some success, I mean, that would speak. That'd be huge for him and his like legacy in the NFL. But that I feel like it'd be a lot uh, harder to do that, even with like some of those young players and with the NFC being a lot more oh, wide okay. open than the AFC, just because they. I mean, the Lions and the Dolphins are the only teams to not win a playoff game in the last 20 years. So at all, yeah, <laughs> that culture is not great. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, wherever he goes, I mean, as long as he's given a chance and has guys around him and got in a coach that's willing to work with him, um, I think you're going to need probably an offensive-minded guy, just because, yeah. or a good offensive coordinator at least, because we saw kind of. At least in Miami, what happened with Tua, like Flores, he was a very great defensive coach, but he he didn't seem to have too much knowledge on the offense and he didn't really click with Tua, which is why he wanted to trade for a guy like Watson that could kind of make his job easier on the offense end immediately. But if you because Malik, he's not going to come in there and be a Patrick Mahomes right away. But if he's worked with and developed, like he has that potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, even Patrick, I think people forget about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes walked on to a playoff team. Yeah. And sat and a year. He had a year to grow under Alex Smith. Yep. 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 And he had he had him gifted one of the greatest tight ends ever, Travis Kelsey, and then gifted one Tyreek of the better Hill. receivers of all time, Tyreek Hill, and then gifted 
gifted the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest offensive mind of all time in Andy Reid. I, I really do think because Andy Reid's had a lot of influences that have really formulated his mind. And now his tree, Andy Reid's tree, the Bills coach is from the Andy Reid tree, just yeah. for an example, technically. Um, he comes from, well, Ron Rivera, which Ron Rivera is a part of the Andy Reid tree. So, um, uh, coaching tree. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping the best for Malik. I just want, I would love to see him in the NFC, man. I think I, the, and as someone who wants to buy his jersey, I'm not buying a Steelers jersey. <laughs> I would have said that a few years ago, but I, I don't know. As long as it's not an AFC East team, you know, I, I don't think yeah. I could. I'd buy a Malik shirt, but I don't think I could rock a Bills, Patriots, or Jets jersey, especially <laughs> a Patriots, man. I, I just, I'd probably yeah. throw up on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, I know. Uh, I know. I feel but the same. I, love it. I mean, how cool. This would be a really cool story. And they have some talent like Kyle Pitts, but Atlanta, I mean, I, I actually like, that was my prediction last summer after 2020. I was like, I just mm-hmm. got a feeling the Falcons are going to get them. I was like, Matt Ryan had one more year on his contract and they ended up trading him obviously this off season, but that'd be a cool story. Just like hometown. And he, also the similarities to Michael Vick and how they took him in the draft and both number seven. Yep. Both number seven, both from Virginia schools. Um, that, that'd be really cool. And there's a lot of similarities there with the strong arm mobility. Uh, I'd say Malik is definitely not as like, quick as Vic was but mm-hmm. I think he's just as like agile and he probably has just as strong as arm if not stronger and he's obviously a lot bigger so I don't know that that would be really cool and then Carolina I mean Matt Rule's an offensive mind could probably help develop him um and they got like Robbie Anderson and guys like that there so I don't know he he could and the, besides the Bucks, the NFC South is not that great. The Saints could also take them. So I don't know if they're sold on Jameis. So, man, they, I, this is the weirdest draft of yeah. all time. It just is. I don't like right now. They don't even know if Aiden Hutchinson's going to get drafted by the Jags. They don't know. They they're just like he might be the highest in betting odds, but they're just like we don't know. We don't know. If I'm the Jags. I'm taking like Evan. Uh, Neil from Alabama, or at least an mm-hmm. offensive lineman, but that's just my opinion. I think you got to protect your franchise guy, but mm-hmm. and they they got some good defenders too. So, but that's just yeah. that's another tangent. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I actually the two favorite places I would love to see just from like Jersey and who I'd love and I would actually cheer for would be Atlanta and Detroit. I would just love to see those. I think it'd be really cool. Um, I. I've always had kind of an affinity for the Lions because being a Bills fan, they're right over the lake. We always play them in preseason. Um, And like, for example, when we got snowed out, we played in their dome um, because we have an open air. And, you know, I've always had an affinity for them. And I've always understood like when we had 17 years of like just meteorocracy and never making the playoffs, like, you know, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like Lions, you know, um, um, and I think that's another thing is like a lot of people around Buffalo said, there's no way we're ever going to be good again. Oh no, we're never going to be good. I remember talking to one of my mentors who was like a big sports guy. He wasn't a huge football guy, but he's like, you know what? I don't think they're ever going to be good. And I was like, this was like Josh Allen's rookie year. And I was like, that's why I made that tweet 
today i think yeah. it was you know it's like i was like i don't know if he's, they're ever gonna be good i'm like ah we'll see we'll see so now we're one of the best teams in the nfl so you know it's just you know it's like Unfortunately. and that matters you know having a good quarterback who can change your franchise you know so definitely and like you had mentioned in your, that tweet like there are definitely some similarities between uh, Malik and Josh Allen. I mean, especially the draft analysis. Like mm-hmm. people said about Josh Allen, at least I, I didn't watch much Wyoming football, and I wasn't really paying attention to Josh Allen at the time. But I remember hearing, like, he comes from a small school. All I heard about him was he has a cannon for an arm, and he just has really good physical traits, and he's mobile. And in my mind, I remember thinking when the Bills – when the Bills traps him, I laugh because I'm like, I, I just don't think he's going to be that great mm-hmm. because, like, it, they're going off potential. And I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have, like, a Josh Rosen. Which, <laughs> now you wouldn't want that. But, uh, I mean, sometimes it works out that way. And Malik, small school, like Liberty, he has a cannon for an arm. He's mobile. Like, it's very, very similar in that regard. And, like, a main reason he's like up high on mock drafts and a lot of teams boards is because he's the potential he has and just the physical traits. He has the perfect physical traits for the modern quarterback in the NFL, which is more mobile, but also a very just built guy that can take hits and is built to last and just has a cannon for an arm, but also is it at the middle of the field and middle average passes are kind of shaky at times, but he throws, no one throws a prettier deep ball in college football last year than Malik did. Yep, and yep. I don't think that's biased to say that. I mean, he threw some yeah. great balls. To be honest, the only person that comes close, in my opinion, is Matt Corral. Hey, Matt yep, Corral has a beautiful deep ball, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, the only thing that separates him and Josh Allen, besides, of course, Josh Allen's proved it, is uh, his height. You know, he's just yep. not hes not as tall, but he still is built. You know, yep. he's muscular. Um I'm not too worried about with Malik when it comes to this height. I just am not, you know, so. I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray has done well in Arizona, so. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And I he's agree, a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, any other things you would like to add? I mean, no. I'm Really, all I got to say is I can't wait to see where Malik lands and go flame. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to maybe have a follow-up podcast with uh uh after draft day maybe we'll get another guy on too depending on uh who can meet up with us all at the same time um so yeah thanks for listening thanks for coming on zach thanks for we're pushing 10 o'clock uh (laughs) we uh we missed the usfl game i think that was on tonight michigan panthers and new jersey generals (laughs) yeah yep um wanted to shout this out my dad made this up in new york got the got the logo we're gonna think about making some merch eventually once we once the season comes, maybe maybe having some stuff, uh, but uh, maybe have some different things when it comes to that. We'll see. Uh, but again, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was a great great time. Uh, we'll do this again. Uh, and uh, uh, shout out uh, shout out your things, your your follows, where you Twitter and such. Oh man, just my Twitter. Uh, that's probably what I'm most active on. Uh, Zachary McLaren, and then. Most of the content you see from Flames will be there on that or the Sea of Red channel. So that's awesome. all I really have to shout out. And thanks again for having me on. It's always a blast to talk about uh, the Flames. So. Yep, sounds awesome. good. Uh, this is going to stop the recording, and then we'll uh, 
just be able to wrap it up afterwards. Gotta stop it here.